0: The following audio is from Restoration Southside Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where our mission is to restore people and places through outreach, authenticity, and sacrifice. For more information, visit RestorationSouthside.org. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated.
1: Thanks, Alex. Well, good morning. Wow, y'all are excited to be here. Um, My name is Ben. I'm on staff here, and we're glad you're here. You could be anywhere this morning, and you're here, and so um, it's no small thing. Um, We are marching our way... uh, toward Christmas uh, in, in this Advent season, which means waiting, this this kind of um, really grabbing hold of the longing for uh, this God of ours to enter into our world. And so um, as we're looking at um, this Advent season, we're also exploring the songs of Christmas. So what, what are the songs that mark this Advent, uh, the first Advent, and what do we do with that? And so this morning I want, I want to begin uh, Uh, I'm the youngest of six kids and um, when my twin brother and I were born uh, we lived in a house and it it wasn't it wasn't uh, that huge and so we didn't have rooms and so we kind of did the crib thing which most babies do and we then um, once we grew out of that uh, didn't have a room so we would just kind of sleep in my parents bed one night my brother's bed one night and so my parents finally thought this is a good thing to probably get a bigger house and so we found this bigger house and as you know um, growing up bedroom real estate matters location 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 and so as the six of six kids i always had the last choice this kind of harry potter uh placement and so finally my older siblings had gone out i had got the creme de la creme spot i would finally gotten that great bedroom downstairs a location it mattered and so uh all those things were uprooted very quickly uh, when a cousin of mine moved to town and he moved to Texas from Texas to, to Nashville where we lived with his wife and his uh, two-year-old and his 10-day-old because he was a troubadour and he had a, a song in his heart and passion in his loins to make it. He came to music city to make it. And so he would go and play the honky tonks until about three or 4 a.m. Get two hours of sleep after changing a diaper. And then he would uh, go and, and work a job uh, again, trying to make it. And, uh, Nashville's a 10-year town, and so uh, after about 10, 12, 14 years, he made it. And so now I get to turn on uh, kind of the CMA Awards or CMA Fest or whatever initials there are nowadays for country music, and uh, I get to see my cousin play behind um, with this huge band. And so he, um, he plays bass, and so there's the lead singer, her name's Ashley McBride, and there's a guitarist to the left and the right of her, and then right behind the lead singer is my cousin, He's a bass player behind the lead singer. And so this week they played on Fallon, Jimmy Fallon. And so I turned on Fallon and I'm not there to watch Ashley McBride, though I'm sure she's great. I'm there to watch my cousin, my, my roommate, my, my room stealer. Um, <laughs> and the point is this, I'm not there to look at her. I actually want to look beyond the singer to look at the person I really want to see. And when we look at the songs of Christmas, that's the point. We're supposed to look at the singer, look at the song they're singing, but we have to look beyond the singer to see the person we want to see. And this morning, that's what the job of the shepherds is, and that's what our job is. That we hear the song of the angels, but we're supposed to look past the singer and the song of the angels and look to the one they're singing about, the one behind the the, the singer. And that's our invitation this morning. And so uh, as we look at it, we have to kind of answer this question, how do we get to the manger? How do we how do we get there, and what do we do with it? In light of the song of the angels that meet the shepherds, how do we get to the manger, and what do we do with it? And we'll answer kind of. We'll look at two distinct things this morning. First, we'll look at um, the sight of a song. The sight of a song, and then and then second, we'll see the song of a sight. The sight of a song, song of a sight. So I, As we engage Luke 2, it's a well-known thing, whether you know it from growing up in church or from Charlie Brown Christmas, or you've never heard it at all. Let's go to a God who meets us, the promise that we should lean into because he longs to meet his people. Let's pray. Lord, this very day, would you open our eyes in new ways be it for the first time or be it for uh, a hundredth time, uh, may we see Jesus exactly who he is. Uh, the, the, the story of Christmas and the incarnation is a testament to seeing what our God is like. And oh, how humble and lowly the story begins because he's come to people who are lowly would we look at the manger this very morning and hear the song that tests the manger? And, and would we grasp something that's well-known or at least even for others, a first-time look and see more of your heart for us because that's really what we need to see because that's what we see in the sun. And we never get all uh, tired and I may mean, the story never grow old of the things we encounter because you are a God who encounters us. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so first, the, the sight of a song, the sight of a song. Uh, now, in, in the story of the Bible, the, the angels have many jobs. Um, they, one of their jobs is that they are the Pony Express, that they are to take the message of God uh, to the people of God, to tell them what their God is thinking. That's what we see in the passage. And then also what we see in this passage is that they are kind of the singing telegrammers, that they go from the throne room where God is, and they sing and let the people know, hey, this is what worship looks like. Our hearts are uh, kind of inflamed by who we know God to be, and thus we'll sing. And so we see those two things, the Pony Express, the the telegram of the angels in this passage. And, And what they do is they go down and they're meeting these shepherds in a field, they go into this field, and right when they get there, uh, all of a sudden, it says this, these glory lights like fill this field that they're in. And it's not so much about lumens. It's more so about power. Because what we see in the shepherds is as they get these glory lights, and these, this angel comes, and right in front of them, it says they're terrified. Not because it's so bright, and their corneas are blown up. It's because, it's because they know something so great is in front of them, and they're filled with terror. And as these, these lights are flooding them and this power is right before them, the angel knows how afraid the shepherds are. And so immediately the, the, the angel says, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm actually, we're here uh, to tell you something so great. We're here to tell you this beautiful cosmic news uh, that God has entered into your world. And you shepherds are the first one to see it. You're the first human ears to know it's happened. Shepherds, the lowest of the low on every single category, right? Lowest of the low in accommodations, right? They had, uh, no, uh, they had no place to lay their head. They were cowboy campers, and that's not a very glorious thing back in the day. They were the lowest of the low uh, when, when, it came to, when it came to vocations. If we look back in the story of the Bible, uh, when Samuel was going around to anoint the next king of Israel after Saul in First Samuel, uh, what did Samuel say? He goes to the house of Jesse and he says, hey, I've looked at all your sons. I, I, they aren't the ones. Do you have any others? And he's like, well, we do have this one other one. He's the youngest. And he's out in the field, but you don't want him. He's a shepherd boy. right? The runt of the family does the runt job shepherding. Vocations, it's the lowest of the low. We see it, too, that in society, it's the lowest of the low because they're not trusted. right? They're kind of immoral people. They can't be trusted in court. All these different things, but then also in the world of religiosity, the lowest of the low, because they're seen as unclean. Because they're out with animals and everything that means, they're unclean. And yet in the Old Testament, Pro- Prophet Jeremiah, in chapter 33, he, he hints at these will be the first people to know. And what happens? That. The angels come and meet the shepherds, the lowest of the low in every single category, and say, you are the valued ears, the audience of honor to God's message of him breaking into the world. And guess what? Here's what we're going to tell you. Hey, shepherds, you're the honored ears, the, the 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 audience of value. Go to another shepherd's city. Go to the, 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 the city of David. Go to his city, and there you'll see not just shepherds going to a shepherd's city but you'll see the king of all things in the shepherd's tool you'll see you know troughs you know where animals eat out of you'll see the king of all things in a manger in a trough that you know everything that happens here in this news this singing uh, this this pony express is saying he has come to be a shepherd he's come on shepherd's terms the lowest of the low that's the news and immediately once that happens. And once they say, hey, this is the sign that you will see when you go to the city of Bethlehem, a baby in a manger, he's Christ the Lord. Immediately the angel essentially says, hit it boys, and this chorus of heavenly hosts come in and they start singing. And they start singing and and they sing this song. Here's the song they sing. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God, peace on earth. Glory and peace. Glory and peace. That's the message of the song. It's what the, the shepherds see. Now, uh, when, when you watch a movie, and when you watch some type of um, kind of maybe a comedic act actor that you really love, and with full of good bits, or even you look at a piece of art, Whatever it may be, whenever you encounter something that your heart just gravitates towards and grab a hold of that you love, quickly you'll become an apologist of it, right? If you see a movie, it makes sense, right? You will go the next day to the water cooler and say, hey, I just saw the, I saw, um, Barbie Heimer. Is that it? <laughs> uh, I, right? You'll quickly let the world know of this newfound love. It's something that grabs your heart. and And so... When you have this newfound love, you'll obviously wanna be apologists for it and let people know about it and then you'll probably wanna show them, you wanna watch it with them because you're so excited about it. You gotta watch this, hey, watch this thing. And so uh, usually when there's this excitement and this love and this affection for it, um, you will be that person. And here's what that person does. During the movie, because you've seen it before, you'll pause it and you'll say, hey, okay, guys, this is a really important scene. You're going to want to know this. Okay, you got that? Play. So if that, if that is you, you should feel called out. If, if that's happened to you, you should feel um, validated. But what, what that action does is that it imposes upon you the importance of the moment. Because of what you know, You're imposing upon others the importance of a moment. And you're not there to ruin it for them. You're there to actually show them you can't miss this. And what the song of the shepherds is, and the message of the shepherds, excuse me, what the song of the angels is to the shepherds, is imposing upon them the importance of what they know. The importance of the moment in light of what they know. They're saying, hey, we are angels. We've been in the throne room. We've been around God. And guess what? God has come into your world. You don't want to miss this. Because of what we know, we're here to tell you and impose upon you the importance of the manger. Shepherds, we're here to tell you the importance of it. And guess what? We're going to sing about it. Glory to God and peace to the earth. Glory and peace because of what we know. We're imposing that upon you because of the importance of it. Glory in Luke 2 is this Greek word uh, doxa, D-O-X-A. And it comes up a lot in the, in the New Testament, but that word glory, doxa, has kind of a little variant called doxan, Just put an N on the end of it. And that's also in the New Testament a good bit. But what we see in Luke 2, this, this glory word, this doxa word, is similar to the, this word that we see in Philippians 2. And actually, what we see in Luke 2 is the song of the angels. And what we see in Philippians 2 is a song called the Christ hymn. And Paul is writing and telling this church in Philippi, hey, look at Jesus, be humble like him, have it mark every part of your life. And he uses that same word, doxa, and he says, this is what God thinks about it. It says in Philippians 2, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was a form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, he God has exalted highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the duxon, to the glory of God the Father. When God the Son enters the world, the angels can't not say, God is so glorified with this. And when Paul writes to the Philippian church, he's saying when people grasp that Christ has come into the world humbly and then all of a sudden is exalted because of his humility and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, when we grasp that, God can't not feel ducks on glory. These words of glory mean this, that when we grasp All that Jesus is and all that he has come to do and say and begin to do and say, God can't not feel excited. He can't have this glory. He can't not do that. He can't feel the weight behind it. Or sing that the angels say in the sight of a song is a value statement of God that says, I love to get involved with your mess. I feel glory when I enter into your world, I enter into the conflict of your heart, I enter into everything that's gone awry, into the mess and the wreckage and the confusion and the doubt. I love to enter into it. And I love to tell the lowest of the low about it first and come in a way that is the lowest of the low. The manger is a statement on the fact that God feels glory Glory to God in the highest and peace to us because he longs to bring peace to a world that is full of mess. And he longs to bring peace to hearts that are full of mess. So the question I have for you is before we even go on anymore, do you know that? That's what the the angels wanted everyone to know. Hey, God has entered the world. The Messiah has come. He's come to you shepherds pretty much as a shepherd, as an animal, essentially. And guess what? God loves it. We're here to impose upon you the importance of that too, as we know it's so important. And so friends, do you know the importance of it? That God loves to get involved with your mess. That's that's a very song of the angels because we've missed that. We're going to miss everything else. He enters the world, not because it's good, but because it's a wreck. And he's come to bring, inject a peace and a shalom and a recalibration to everything personal, everything systemic, everything cosmic. He's come to bring peace because he knows it's not filled with peace but chaos, and he loves to do it. He's not here to stack a deck against you to see you squirm as you try to good up in your morality and be enough for him. He knows you're not enough and that's why he's come. That's what the angels speak of. And that's the sight of the song the angels sing. What's the second and kind of last idea? The, 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 the song of a sight. What is the song of a sight? This, this passage and this section ends with um, the, the shepherds leaving the manger scene and going back to the field. And they go back to the field and it says they're rejoicing and they're singing. They've seen the song of the angel. They're told to go to Bethlehem, look at the manger, and what do they do when they see and have a sight of the manger? They sing. There's a, there's a, there's a song and light of the sight that they sing. And so that's the goal. right? We can clearly state that's the goal. We want to be like the shepherds because the shepherds are being like the angels. Because of what they know and what they see, they sing. of what they see they sing and we want to do the same thing. We want Christmas to be that, Advent to be that, because when we look at the manger, we ourselves, something in us can't not sing. So how do we do it? How do we sing at the side of the manger? How do we look at the person of Christmas and actually have something in us come alive in a new way? And the beauty of, of, of the story of scripture, this drama that we enter into, um, but also the, the beauty of Luke and the helpfulness of Luke, the writer, the gospel writer, is he's full of detail. And this full of detail. He tells us all these characters and what they're like in here. And so what we need to do, how, how do we get near the person of Christmas and near the manger? How do we sing? We can look at the people in the story We can learn much from them. And so we can learn first a, lot, a whole lot from the shepherds. We learn from the shepherds. And what we learn from the shepherds is that we can't sing At the sight of Jesus, if we don't go to the manger and see Jesus, we have to go to the manger. The shepherds didn't hear this um, this humongous orchestration of a song and then say, hey, A++. Um, We're going to go back and hang out with the cows, um, but that was great stuff. Let's do it again sometime. What they do, it says in Luke 2, it says they talked about it for a moment. Essentially saying, did you hear that? Did you hear that? and it says they went with haste. Basically, they booked it, they sprinted to Bethlehem, got there as fast as they could. Tim Keller was, was a pastor in New York City, and he had, uh, uh, during one of the Easter sermons, as he looked at John 20 and the empty tomb, he began that, that sermon by saying this. He began by saying this, he said, if it was an uh, unofficial law firm stationery." Uh, Some distant relative you had, uh, not heard of, or knew about, had died and left you millions of dollars. It's likely you'd be very skeptical. But but wouldn't you look into it? You wouldn't just throw it away. Why? The offer is just too much. It's too great to not just look into it. And the shepherds got a hold of the song and the message from the angels. And the shepherd said, it, it, the offer is just too much. It's too great not to look into it. Therefore, we have to go and see the manger. The offer is too much. And there's a story, three chapters from this nativity scene after in Luke 5. And Jesus has begun his earthly ministry. And in this earthly ministry... Uh, people are beginning to know about this Jesus of Nazareth and the things that he's doing. And and, and as he, he's kind of having this ministry that's very organic and grassroots and humble in heart, he's encountering all kinds of people. And it says, he's he talks with the Pharisees and he's kind of setting up shop for the day. And it says in Luke 5, verse 17 and on, it says, on, on one of those days as he was teaching Jesus, uh, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he, Jesus, said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And in verses after this, he will go on to heal the man. Now, what does that have to do with Christmas? The paralytic and the friends of the paralytic knew something very similar that the shepherds knew. And it's that if I've heard too much, I know too much now that I've got to get to that man. I, I, for the shepherds, I've got to get to the manger to see if what the angels said is true. For the paralytic, I, I think—I I really think if I get near Jesus, something could happen. I, I really think this is going to change. Friends, would you take me? And, and the friends, of course, themselves know the same thing. It, it, the offer is just too much not to look into it. Now we're going to have to get our friend to Jesus, get them in the midst of Jesus, to the point where we'll tear the roof apart. And lower him down into it. Because I know if, if I can get this person in need right before Jesus, something might just happen. The promise is just too much not to look into, and you can't sing at the side of the manger if you don't get to the manger. So, this Christmas, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, are you moving toward the manger? It's a journey that requires much of you, because you're gonna have to leave something to go there. But but there's something that that may be just too much to not look into it. Are you moving toward the manger? And I'll give you a little hint. Your pace of your movement toward the manger will reflect how much you need the thing in the manger. How fast are you running to see? Is it really true? We learned that from the shepherds. You have to be at the manger to sing about the manger. But we also learned something from Mary. And what we learn from Mary is that you can't sing if you don't reckon with the manger, or if you don't, if you don't make sense of it. Because this, this kind of whole passage reads as a fairy tale, and it, comes, it goes like this. There are these people in a field, and then boom, lights everywhere and this big message and this big song, this orchestra of heavenly hosts. And they say, yeah, let's go. And the shepherds then sprint and they go to Bethlehem as fast as they can. And they go and they say, we've heard this message from the sky. And then all of a sudden everyone else gets the news and here's what happens. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. right, the shepherds had the luxury of of hearing the message straight from the angels, straight from the throne room of God. And now, unless you've seen an angel, and I will be it, that's a big unless, but unless you've seen an angel, we are like Mary. We don't have the luxury of hearing it from on high. We have to hear it from shepherds. And so as we hear the, the the news of this cosmic king entering into our world, We hear it from the shepherds. And what does Mary do? Something that's helpful for us to grab onto because we are like Mary. And here's what she does. First, she ponders. It's a word that's about, it's cognitive. It's about the mind, right? What it means is that she's making sense and fitting the puzzle pieces together of what she knows. The things that she knows in her world, she's trying to make it all fit and connect the dots. She's saying, hey, I I had an angel visit me and the angel told me this son of yours is going to be the son of all things and the God of all things, and the Renewer of all things. And, and then you're coming and telling me the same thing. This is making sense now. Ponder. And then also it says she treasures it in her heart. And this word is kind of an emotion. It's, it's, it's more of an attitude. The thing that shapes her informs her, she's saying, I'm going to treasure it, I'm going to feed it, I'm going to make sure it's protected. And, and this is a thing that I range everything in my life around. I'm going to treasure it it's going to be the mantle and the paramount thing in our life. And just like Mary, we ourselves are invited to ponder, ponder because we are we have faculties. And also we're invited to treasure because we long for hope. Mary has taught us to ponder and to treasure and the person in the manger isn't asking you to just treasure at the sake of pondering. He's saying, do both. Your doubts and your curiosities and your questions and your reason isn't too much for the person in the manger. And so this Christmas, what puzzle pieces of the manger are you grappling with? Because what we see in Mary is this invitation to grapple with it, to wrestle with it, to make it fit together. Connect the dots because God has entered into our world so that we could see plainly there are dots in his plan of making you his. And making you even more his. You can't sing at the sight of Jesus if you don't ponder or treasure. But, but lastly, we learn from yes, the shepherds, from Mary, but we learn from the angels. And what we learn from the angels is that we can't sing at the side of Christmas, at the side of the manger. We can't sing unless we know what the angels know. And that's what we see the shepherds grab. The shepherds at the end of the story, they know what the angels know. And it says um, in verse, this verse. And the shepherds returned after they saw the manger, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Basically, they checked out the manger. It was exactly what the angels said. And they went away praising them, just like they had seen the angels doing. The model of singing because of what they knew the shepherds took up because they saw something and they can't not sing. They learned from the angels to sing at the sight of Jesus. So how do we sing at the sight of Jesus? This this fall, um, the women's Bible study went to the book of Revelation and it was a great, it was a really good study. And not that I would know personally, but so I've heard. and. And they went through a book uh, written by Nancy Guthrie and in the book of Revelation, it's the last book of the Bible. And it pretty much tells you how this this, this wraps up, how we wrap up and how forever begins. And it's that God wins. And it's that, um, it's that if you belong to God, you win. And it's actually everything that's stacked against you loses. It's more than all those things, but it's, 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 it's no less than that. And at the very thought of God winning, you winning, and everything stacked against you losing, here's what Nancy Guthrie says. is that Jesus uh, doesn't just look at us. He looks into us. And if we're willing to hold his gaze, he'll burn away what is meaningless and frivolous and contaminating. If we're willing to hold his gaze. The manger scene in the incarnation is that God has come to enter into us as one of us. And what the manger is asking us to do is to look at it and and invites us for for us to hold its gaze, to really examine it. Because then all of a sudden, when we do that, all of a sudden the the eyes looking back at us will lock in. And when that happens, things will begin to burn away. Actually, the song of the angels becomes more so our song because we begin to know things that are more and more and more so important because we need them to be more and more important. So this Christmas, are you looking at the gaze that's looking back at you? Or are you grabbing a hold of the gaze of Jesus that's entered into our world in a manger and he's looking to to melt away the things that don't matter? But be certainly after your heart and melted enough so that you can sing back. Because when we grab hold of of this manger scene and we look at this manger scene, what we're invited to do is understand the imposition of importance the angels know and the shepherds then later know and that Mary will one day know. And we ourselves are invited to know, which is we're invited to sing because God has entered into our world and God loves to do it. He's glorified in it and it's good for us because it injects peace where chaos reigns. Take no thing, let make, make make Christmas no thing less than that. As we look at the manger and see the God has come for us, let's pray. Lord, would you take something uh, that's new or, or very familiar, like a story of Luke 2, and would we see the heart of, of God that enters into our world? And that's what this whole uh, book is about, is seeing a God who's not okay with being distanced from those he calls his beloved, but in fact uh, makes the gap smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where we'll enter our world and do something about it. God, you've come in a manger. May we all this very day, no matter what speed it may be, whether it's resistance, whether it's stumbling, running or crawling, we we'll ourselves, by the power of your Spirit get to the manger and see what's inside. Because when we get there, surely song will ensue. Help us sing. We pray in Christ, the one who came um, for us, became into us. Pray in your name. Amen. Surely song will ensue. Help us sing. We pray in Christ, The one who came um, for us became into us. Pray in your name. Amen.